Derek Carr. I think he's a really good quarterback, man. Absolute guy you can win with. Carr in the shotgun. Lofting left to the end zone. One play. One touchdown. Ball landed in his lap. Carr looking downfield. Adams over his shoulder. Touchdown Raiders. Perfect throw. Derek into the pocket. Lobs one downfield for Adams. At the goal line. Over his shoulder. Touchdown. On a beautiful ball. I want to win. Breaking news around Derek Carr as we welcome you into NFL Live. Derek Carr has officially been released by the Raiders, which was expected, of course. They needed to release him by 4 p.m. today to not be on the hook for the $40.4 million in what would have been guaranteed money. That means he can go sign with any team. We've got Dan Orlovsky in here doing something that looks like a motorcycle pull. I don't even know what that is. And we have Marcus Spears as well as Phil Yates. Ryan Clark joining us too. Dan, we start with you. Your initial reaction to now knowing that Derek Carr is a free agent. Two teams come to mind, the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. I'll remind everybody of two things. In 2021, Derek Carr midseason was an MVP candidate. And ask yourself this, when was the last time this league had a top 10, top 12 caliber player at that position that was a free agent? I just love the beauty of him being a free and clear free agent, Dio. Yeah. Like the opportunity to be courted, to make a decision based on where you think you can win right away, but also get compensated. Um, Derek Carr is a really good quarterback in this league. You can win with Derek Carr. I think you need pieces around him, but that's majority of the guys in this league. But very rarely, to your point, do guys get a chance to be free agents in this league? And the fact that he's a quarterback with success, phenomenal. And Derek Carr said, Las Vegas Raiders, you're not about to get no picks from me. I'm going to walk into this thing where I'm free and clear, and I get the opportunity to vet these teams as they'll be vetting me. He's a top 15 talent at the position, probably higher, and now he'll get a chance to find a team that matches but also wants him to be on that team. I think this is great for Derek Carr. And timing is everything in life. No one likes to get fired, but worth noting that Derek Carr does not have to wait until the NFL's new league year begins in the middle of March. He is free to sign with the team right this second. So other quarterbacks that could be traded or free agents like Jimmy Garoppolo still have to wait a month. Mm. Derek Carr has a head start on the field. His courting process point. can begin immediately, Laura. That's an excellent point, Field Yates. And we saw Adam Schefter's tweet that, according to his sources, the Saints and Panthers expected to be some of the teams interested. We'll get to this later on with exact destinations and more information around Derek Carr. But more breaking news today. The 2023 coaching cycle now complete. The latest news is the Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. So the Eagles lose both their OC and DC on the same day. We'll talk about the OC in just a little bit. The Cardinals finally have a more complete idea of their outlook going forward with Kyler Murray and a team that's been in flux. The Cardinals are clearly looking to upgrade their defense with the hire of Gannon. Last season Arizona allowed the second most points in the league and ranked near the bottom in both yards per play and defensive efficiency. As for Gannon's defense in Philadelphia, the Eagles ranked top 10 in all those areas, including first in yards per play. Field, you go to a Super Bowl if you're Gannon, and then you're a head coach two days later. How did this all go down? Yeah, quite a whirlwind, Laura. And should be noted that teams cannot hire a head coach from another team when he's under contract until after his season was over. So the Cardinals had to wait for Jonathan Gannon. But I'm told that interest intensified in Gannon 
Early last week, Laura, this was sort of a late entry into the party for Jonathan Gannon, but he gets this job, the final opening. We'll talk about the other opening that was filled recently as well. But Gannon takes over a team that's in a bit of a potential crossroads, sort of a retooling of the roster with Kyler Murray potentially out to begin next season during his ACL recovery and a team that finished with a third worst record in the NFL, a new GM, a new head coach in place. This is about looking towards the future and not expecting this is going to be a one-year make-it-right rebuild. Dan, how do you like this hire for Kyler Murray? Better work. You know, this is a uphill battle or uphill climb for both Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. We know Kyler got his money mm -hmm. last year, okay? Jonathan Gannon is stepping into a situation in a new general manager in Monty Austinfort. This roster is not nearly as good as it was two years ago when they went to the playoffs against the Rams. He's got to get healthy. I think the biggest challenge for Jonathan Gannon is getting Kyler Murray to believe you as the head coach can also can allow me to be kind of myself but demand that I get better to be the quarterback of this football team it ain't little games anymore it's time to grow up in this league that's real it's time to grow up and Jonathan Gannon's got to be the leader that pulls that out of Kyler Murray I saw assistant DB coach DB coach and then defensive coordinator of a really good unit that had success this year in Philadelphia. We'll, to your point, Dan, we'll find out how you manage men. Like, that's what head coaching is about. Like, we know that these guys have acumen X's and O's, Y's, and we understand that they may, they may have success in other areas. But the experience that I thought was needed in Arizona was a guy to come in with a little bit of stature. And I'm not sure, like, this, this hire, obviously Arizona likes Jonathan Gannon. And Jonathan Gannon did a good job with the Philadelphia Eagles this year from a defensive standpoint. But I thought this job should have been dedicated to somebody that's got some cachet and stock in this league. Because to your point, D.O., Jonathan Gannon's number one job is to get Kyler Murray to be one of the 53 guys, like we talked about all season long. I want to see how that relationship materializes. You can get better on defense, but if your quarterback ain't listening to you or don't respect the people in the building, it don't matter how good you're on that side of the ball. Well, I think that's a piece of it, too, which is why I thought Lou Anarumo, who was a little older coach, had been in locker rooms uh, for a bit of a time longer than Jonathan Gannon, would be a good person for this job, where you get someone that was a former head coach, and maybe none of those guys actually wanted these jobs. But here is what strikes me. You have Jonathan Gannon, who does a good job, but who is thoroughly outcoached in the second half of this football game in the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid shows you that he isn't necessarily up to the level that you need to be to win a championship. And then we see on the other side a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who's been to five AFC championships, also won two Super Bowls, and he's not necessarily up to snub to lead a locker room according to the executives, according to the owners. Let's go back to last year with a guy like Raheem Morris, who was a young head coach in Tampa Bay and now worked his way on both offense and defense, and you actually win the Super Bowl with your defense coming up with the main stops against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were seemingly unstoppable last year to win the Super Bowl. I don't want to be the guy that always has to bring up that black coaches are continually overlooked. I'm the guy that wants to bring up what are these other coaches doing that the African American and minority coaches aren't doing that's allowing them to get jobs because it can no longer be about winning championships because neither Shane Steichen nor Jonathan Gannon did that. But here we are two days after the game that they lost 
by the way, and they now have head coaching jobs. All I'm asking is make it make sense. Mm. It's an important point, RC, and we'll continue to bring it up here on this show. More on Eric Bieniemy is coming later oh, in RC. NFL Live, okay? And thanks for saying that, RC. In more head coaching news today, we alluded to it. The Eagles also lose their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, to be the head coach of the Colts. He had emerged as a favorite lately, and then after coaching in the Super Bowl, he went to Indy yesterday to finalize the deal. Today, he was introduced to the media, and you'll hear that in just a little bit. Shane Steichen spent the last two seasons as the Eagles offensive coordinator, helping Philadelphia develop into one of the league's best offenses. They finished this season ranking top three in points, yards, and total QBR after ranking outside the top ten in all those areas last year. What a turnaround. As for the Colts, their offense ranked 27th or worse in all those categories last season, meaning Steichen has his work cut out for him. Here's more from the introductory press conference. My philosophy is we're going to throw to score points in this league and run to win. We're going to throw to score points and run to win. Now, that could look different each week. You know, we sometimes I've went into games like, hey, we're going to throw it a bunch, and then we end up running it 45 times. So the flow is going to dictate that. Um, I know we got some pieces in place to get that done. The offense is going to be dictated on who's playing quarterback. That's how you build the system. What does he do well? What is their strengths? But not only just the quarterback, it's the players too. Uh, what does Pittman run well receiver-wise? You know, the tight ends, the backs, Jonathan Taylor, the offensive line, what do they do well? Uh, we want to do a hell of a job of trying to put our guys in position to make plays. No one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. yeah, a trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking <laughs> quote. He, he likes picks. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Oh, that was funny. Uh, uh, Chris uh, Ballard's like, yeah, that's going to end up on Twitter. Not only there, but it ended up on NFL Live. It's on TV <laughs> too, Chris. So the GM saying trade back. We love it. Ryan, it, they're mentioning the quarterback. That's a big piece of this for the Colts. They need to get one. Yes. First of all, Shane Steichen, you won the first press conference, brother. When you can go into a team or go into your first press conference speaking about the positional needs at the quarterback position, but also pointing out Pittman, who is your number one wide receiver, thinking about Jonathan Taylor, who two years ago was the best back in the entire football league, and then talking about an offensive line that actually regressed a little bit last year, which was part of the offensive problems. When you think of this team, they have to understand that finding a quarterback hasn't been the veteran route or that route hasn't for them in the recent history. So think about the C.J. Strouds, the Bryce Youngs, but there still will be the Jimmy Garoppolo's on the market. And if there's an opportunity to create a quarterback competition or to find the right guy, we know that Shane Steichen has been a part of developing an offense that fit exactly what the quarterback was very good at in Jalen Hurts. It's kind of accentuated his positives and negated some of his negatives, and that's what you want a coach to be able to do. He watched the team. He's watched the team have to play complimentary football so I think this is a great hire for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah smart energetic and passionate that's what you hear about Stane Steichen you just talked about the quarterback position I'll be quick here he was spent the majority of his coaching career with the Chargers and then Philadelphia I think of Phillip Rivers Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts strong powerful big dudes and Jalen obviously being athletic with Justin two names Will Levis from Kentucky and then Anthony Richardson from Florida. Those are the two quarterbacks that mm. are going to fit 
the mold of what Shane Steichen has been around for the great majority of his coaching career. So, Dan, in, in that question, because I was, I was going to talk about that, but in that question, what you just mentioned, when you look at both of these guys, development-wise, how they're tailored, yep. is it because of what you just saw with Jalen Hurts and him accentuating the positives as RSC spoke of, or do you think that Shane Steichen legitimately can go another direction? Let's just hypothetically think that he can't get another guy like that. Do you think he has enough cachet yeah. and acumen to do it with a guy that you may have to play with without those necessary athletic uh, traits? Good question. I don't know him well enough to know exactly if that's the case. I'll answer right. it this way, Marcus. They have no choice. They got to yeah. go get their guy. Indy, you got to go get, it, gotta go get the yep. rookie. And, and I think yep. one of those two kids fits at least what he's been a part of in the past. I think the Jalen aspect of this year changes the way he looks at the position and changes mm -hmm. the way he wants to coach football, meaning implementing that quarterback run. But I think Anthony Richardson and Will Levis can do both of it because of their size. Yeah, you yeah. heard her say they're not shying away from it. They, they'll trade up if they need to. <laughs> have to. And I, it's going to be a fascinating conversation in the lead-up to this draft. Field, what stood out to you in the press conference? You know, Laura, at one point, Chris Ballard talked about how he and Shane Steichen are aligned philosophically and how they want to build a roster. And that's one of those lines that anytime a GM says it, I'd say like 98% of the time, it's a throwaway, generic, press conference, cookie cutter line. Here's why it matters, though. There were multiple instances this year, most notably when Frank Reich was hired and when Sam Ellinger was named the starting quarterback, where it felt like Jim Ursay decided what he wanted to do and made the decision. Owners own the team, they write the checks, they can do what they want. But you hire a GM to empower him to make those decisions, or a head coach to make those decisions. It sounded like this was the candidate that Shane Steichen wanted, and by that, it makes me, that, excuse me, that Chris Ballard wanted in Shane Steichen, and let Chris Ballard do his job, build a team, and not have an owner meddle into important football decisions, which the track record shows, more often than not, that does not, not sustain well mm. over time. Yeah, organizations don't work well that way, Field. Great point. Over the last five seasons, by the way, the Colts have had eight different starting quarterbacks, including a different week one starter in each of those seasons. They need some semblance of continuity there. Well, they and need some luck. Andrew Luck would have been nice. I see what you did there. All right, we're just getting started <laughs> on NFL Live. Do the Eagles have any regrets from their Super Bowl loss? Dan heads to the touchscreen to show us the play he thinks the Eagles might want back. It was so close. Plus, the Raiders have released Derek Carr, so where is he heading next? We're going to throw out some teams and find out where Marcus thinks is best set up for the nine-year veteran to make a run. He said he wants to win. NFL Live is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold, 
Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Don't worry, people. Football's not over. We got more for you with the XFL season. Kicking off Saturday, coverage of the Vegas Vipers and Arlington Renegades begins at 3 Eastern on ABC. There were three more games over the weekend on ESPN and FX, with every game also available on ESPN+. Back to Super Bowl 57. Really a bummer anybody had to lose this game, right? Sadly for the Eagles, they're the ones dealing with that sting. Jalen Hurts saying, what is he going to learn from it? Well, he knows he's going to learn something. Here's more on A.J. Brown and an important play. Um, we went up 27-21. Uh, I knew uh, deep down that it was probably a chance we were going to lose. Because you got the field goal there instead of the touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was a big spot. We yeah. noticed it too, AJ. Dan, when did you think the Eagles might be in trouble? Yeah, honestly, I was calling the game with Lewis Riddick and Steve Levy, and right when the Chiefs came out in the second half and scored, I turned to them and said, Philly's in trouble. I actually texted my wife, like, you, this is a big deal right now. <laughs> now, this offense scored 31 points for Philadelphia, okay? I think there's one play that they are going to look back at in this game and completely regret it. Fourth quarter, they're up by one, excuse me, they're down by one, and there's 10.45 on the clock, it's third and two. Now what happens is Carlos Dunlap, the defensive end, went from here to here, and then Willie Gay, the outside linebacker, walks to the line of scrimmage. Now Jalen Hurts is pointing out right now, what's gonna happen is this nickel is gonna blitz off the edge. We call this a saw dog, Sam or the nickel and the will, okay? You're gonna get this six-man pressure, all right? Now, what's going to happen is there's some form of miscommunication on this third and two pass play by the Philadelphia Eagles. The left side's going to step down and step out. One guy steps down, one guy steps out, backside tight end going across. Now, what happens is this. Everybody's accounted for. The back's going to block that nickel pressure guy, but one person, Willie Gay, that will pressure man. Now, what happens is Jalen's got to leave the pocket. He's got to scramble because that internal pressure. I don't know whose exact responsibility blocking Willie Gay was, but this is a throwaway on third and two. Now, the reason why I sit there and go, man, did this is, is this the play you wanted in this moment? Does everyone pay attention to A.J. Brown? Even though I don't like the call, if you get this blocked up, because that's a pressure the Chargers run all the time, he's wide open on that in route instead of to throw away. The reason why I think that play call is going to haunt Philly for the rest of the offseason is this. I mentioned they were down 28-27. It was third and two in the fourth quarter. They had third and two or fourth and two or less six times in that game. Mm. They converted all six times running the football previous to that one. I was mm. shocked 
they threw the football in that moment. <laughs> and that one pressure is going to be something that they're going to look back on and say, how and why did we not go to our best stuff and oh. run it in that moment? Dan, I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> and I know where the field position was, but I listened to you and Mina talk about how aggressive mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni had been. And it's almost like he plays third down like second, second down. down. Yep. And I was thinking, we saw Jalen Hurts push for one yard three or four times in that game yep. to convert first downs. So to your point, if you run the football get one yard. outside of getting a negative play, yep. you know you can get one yard after that if you are stopped and not get the two yards. But I think it boiled down to this. And this is why you give Steve Spagnola a lot of credit. They shut the run game down with the running backs. Sure. And I think that had yep. something to do yep. with Nick Sirianni and, and Shane Steichen thought process in a third and long two situation to go to that pass route. But those are the hidden ones in games to your point to where when we played, you come back and say, if we make that play, yep. it's a different game. Yeah. It's usually two or three of those in the game that determines the outcome. You know, I wish there was a show during Super Bowl week that talked about the Kansas City Chiefs taking away the running game of the running backs. Oh, wait, there was. And I also wish there was a show that talked about the zone blitzing ability of the Kansas City Chiefs on third down. Oh, crap. There was, and it turns out it was the same exact <laughs> show. We talked about these things last week, and when you see them materialize inside the game, you realize that these coaches, the ones that decide to stick to who they are in the biggest moments of games, usually come out the winners. In the second half, the Kansas City Chiefs continue to do that, and we watch Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen get away from that in that one instant, in that one moment, right. and that's the the difference in the game. I agree with AJ when I saw them go up, when I saw them kick the field goal to only go up 27-21, I thought it was scary, but then when you look at this play, that's what led to the eight-point lead. And real quick, you know what was the play after that failed third and two? The Kadarius Tony punt return. Right. Tony punt return. The punt. Which was a big momentum yep. shift. Um, guys, by the way, I just want oh. to run at home to know that we do point out when we're wrong, too. Okay? Nah. We, we just point it out to each other, nah. like, off to the side. All right. We do that on text message. Yeah, though. exactly. Text message. Like, you were wrong. Okay. We study. We try to study this thing. We do a like lot. Right. More coming your way on NFL Live as we get back to some breaking news today. Derek Carr, now a free agent after being released by the Raiders. Hear why Dan thinks teams will be lining up to try and win Carr over. And, of course, we'll tell you some teams. Panthers, Saints. Who else? There's a few of them, right, Dan? There's plenty. What, seven, eight? Seven? I got one, two, you, three. Four, we'll five, see your six, list seven, in just eight, a minute. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo 
tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With us here on NFL Live, lots of news today around the league. We bring in Field Yates for a reminder of our top stories. Let's begin with some of the coaching hires, Field. That's right, Laura. The head coaching cycle is now over as the Cardinals have tapped Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. He gets a five-year deal. Jonathan Gannon with a rapid rise, becoming a defensive coordinator, going to the Super Bowl, and over the past two days, going from the Super Bowl to becoming a head coach. The Cardinals, of course, now have a new GM and new head coach hired this offseason. And Gannon's not the only Eagles coach that Nick Sirianni will have to replace as offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is now the new Indianapolis Colts head coach. He was introduced at a press conference earlier today. So the Colts hire a former Eagles offensive coordinator after the Eagles two years ago hired a former Colts offensive coordinator as their head coach. Steichen beats out a field that of course included the interim head coach Jeff Saturday to take over in Indianapolis alongside GM Chris Ballard. And Derek Carr is a free agent. He can literally sign with somebody else by the end of this show, Laura, as the Raiders have submitted the paperwork to release Derek Carr and avoid incurring a $40.4 million guarantee for Carr, who figures to be amongst the most coveted free agent veteran quarterbacks this offseason. And again, he has a head start on the likes of Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo and any other quarterback whose contract is set to expire in the middle of March. Yeah, it's a really good point that you've brought up to us a couple times here, Field. And it, listen, he might have been the most coveted of that group anyway, probably. But still, he gets yeah. that head start. It's also beneficial for whatever team picks him up, thanks to Field. Let's talk a little bit more about Carr. He may not be a league MVP, but the veteran QB has been a model of consistency in recent seasons. In fact, in each of the last four seasons, Carr has ranked within the top 15 in total QBR. Only two other quarterbacks can say that over that span. It's Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So he's in good company. We know what Derek Carr brings to the table. Obviously, Dan, plenty of great fits yeah. for Carr and his skill set, right? But which team should realistically be having the conversation? All right, so uh, first of all, guy's a top 10, top 12 player at the position. He's a free agent. That's rarity in the NFL. Outskirts of the MVP conversation over the last couple seasons, going back to 2018, 2019. I think nine teams, but I want to group them, okay? Tell me if you guys agree with this. Nine teams, I think, need to be in the conversation or having this conversation with Derek Carr. Indy Houston, Washington, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco are in one group. Having a conversation. Are we a playoff team with him? Can we afford him? All right? The next group, New, the New York Jets, Carolina Panthers, and maybe Tennessee are we're a playoff team with him. Mm. And we can afford him. Okay? Here's my issue with Indian Houston. One, they should go young. Washington it makes a lot of sense. But I do see. they think he's the long-term answer? New Orleans and Tampa Bay can't afford him. I don't think there's any chance that they could have a good football team with Derek Carr. San Francisco, up in the air. Jets and Carolina are the two teams that I continue to go to and say they are a playoff football team. Now, Derek's going to be a free agent. So it's not just do they want Derek. Where does Derek want to go? Derek, where do you want to go? Where's the best place for you to not only win, but advance your career? It's a no-brainer to me. It's the one, New York Jets, two, Carolina Panthers. Those are the two. Uh, RC, before you go, let me just jump in here really fast. It's important to note that Carr himself 
said he didn't want to go to the Saints, but it's because he didn't want to be traded there. Right. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to go there. He just wanted to get released so he could be a free agent so he would control all this conversation. Go ahead, R.C. No, and that's why I think the Saints can still be a viable option for a Derek Carr. And we talked about it on the set when he was visiting the Saints, that they'd have to make some cap room. It's guys like Michael Thomas may have to go, and you have to rework some contracts. And we've seen the New Orleans Saints do that in the past. But this defense has been championship caliber for years. You have a young receiver on the outside in Chris Olave. You have good tight ends, obviously Alvin Kamara in the backfield. I think that this is a spot where he could thrive in a spot where people support you out side of the organization when you do well. It does seem that Derek Carr has, even when playing at an MVP, ca MVP caliber, a guy that's doubted as the position as a leader. He proved two years ago that he can lead in mm -hmm. any locker room, and I think he proved he's also proven that he's a great talent on the field. He will have his choice and have his pick, but he better pick right because I believe this is his last chance mm -hmm. as a starter to lead a playoff team. Yeah, I think I think – to your point, R.C. in New Orleans, things are a little bit more stable. Obviously, Pete Carmichael there, Dennis Allen, and you walking into knowing what your offensive coordinator situation like. The only reason that I fear the New Orleans Saints just being candid is because of Mike Mike Williams. I don't know if he's going to be available. I know Mike Thomas, Evans. Michael Thomas. And, Michael, I mean, Thomas Michael Thomas, yeah. I'm sorry. Michael Thomas. I know yeah. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have put in work, and I know Godwin had his ACL, but those guys seem like a more sure bet if you want to push the ball downfield. The Tampa Bay is starting over at the offensive coordinator spot as well. So Derek Carr might have some say in who that guy is at some point if they if he gets this done early enough. But it's to me, you got a number one receiver Hall of Famer that's been on the field putting in work, and you got one that you don't know if it's going to be available. And I understand what you're saying about Chris Olave, but at this current moment, I'm going to take Mike Evans and Chris Godwin See, and try to build around that group than I would yeah. with the skill position group in New Orleans. See, fellas, I, I agree. With, I, I get where you guys are coming from, but here, here's my pushback on the New Orleans and Tampa Bay. They're both $55 million yeah. over the cap. Mm. So Dan, you know I don't subscribe. But to here's that. my thing, fella. Here's my thing. If you're Derek Carr, before you even give me a dollar, you're $55 million over the cap. What kind of team are we going to have around me that makes mm -hmm. this worth my time, worth my yeah. trip? Because if we're going to say – well, they could kick that down the road, Dan. Their car's going to be a part of that kick down the road more than likely. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you try to say you're going to try to win in maybe one season, right? So you do try what yeah. you can to kick the cap down the road, if at all possible. $55 million is a lot. Reworking things, I think, Derek Carr, it does, it's not even about his money. It's about the people around him right. and what the team would look like. We'll keep an eye on this. Field said it could happen during the show. We'll see. All right, so. It is Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's to my favorite people, all right? Uh, we're we're going to see get me. who the perfect match is for Carbon. In the meantime, God is thinking, what's one thing you'd love to see this offseason? Ryan, start us off. <laughs> Hey, you know, this is your boy RC with Mellow Moods. And what I'd love to see is Joe Burrow take a contract that he doesn't necessarily try to break the bank, but he, he keeps the bank open for his friends like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and for all those guys around him that are going to provide protection because Joe Burrow, we said he's like Tom Brady. Tom Brady took the deals to pay the bills and make the meals in the Super Bowl. Signing off. Y'all just heard the mellow tunes of my man RC. Now you're listening live to the Nighthawk on 102.7 The Groove.
and I want the Dallas Cowboys to go out and try to sign DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know what's going to happen in Arizona. We don't know if D-Hop mm. is a guy that's going to want to remain in this particular situation. So if Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys are serious about making love to the Super Bowl, you got to go get DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Smooth grooves. After hearing Let's two see of my, Dan try to be smooth. After hearing on, two Dan. of my boys, I just step in with confidence like Vince Vaughn in Four Christmases. You know what I want? Odell Beckham, go to your true love, the New England Patriots. Okay. Go to the dark side with Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones, turn him into a top eight player, make a Super Bowl run. We all fall in love with the yeah. Patriots wow. once again. Okay, okay yeah. so so Marcus yeah. and RC. I can't. I can't. I Marcus can't. and RC sounded like the smooth fellas and the R&B and all that. I don't play Dan, games. Dan, you sounded like you were doing a true crime podcast. So I don't know. This is the Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> the Nighthawk. Yo, he called White Chocolate. Mm. What would my okay. nickname be? Also, White Chocolate, uh, baby. De What's Dan's nickname? White chocolate? You just call him white chocolate? Vanilla nice? Where's the commercial? God, stop it. All right, either way, guys, I, I vote that we carry that music on for the rest of the show. RC, you started it. Speaking what, of yeah, you the one jumped it off. White chocolate. Speaking hey, of Valentine's I felt Day, it. I look felt at this, it. guys. Uh, this up, from uh, Chiefs wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. He Dang. tweeted out, happy Valentine's Day, but with a photo of Eagles cornerback James Bradbury. Dang. The Valentine's card with the text, I'll hold on you. When it, I'll hold you when it matters most. Excuse me. Let's make sure we get that right. Uh, Bradbury, of course, was the one with the controversial hold. The end of the Super Bowl and Smith-Schuster. So Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown dunked on him. He said, first of all, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league oh my before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal TikTok boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, he admitted that he grabbed you but don't act like you're like never was okay but congratulations again so anyway um good for aj brown I, yeah i love that for him you he know got what though tiktok got hey <laughs> social media got dudes doing stuff that they shouldn't do or say and like these rules changing make receivers really 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 strong on social media that yeah. made me mad i'm mad for james bradbury that was that, yeah we're all mad about it he said it was lame um and that's what happens when the defensive guys have something to say about it all right up next on nfl live the ravens have hired todd munkin as their new offensive coordinator amidst lamar's contract controversy rc tells us some concerns lamar jackson should still have about his future Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So happy to have you here on NFL Live. Time to read and react with the latest news around the league. We begin with Aaron Rodgers, who's heading into the darkness. He talked about it on the Pat McAfee show today. Anytime I've gone into a meditation retreat or a medicine ceremony or something, with a clear intention, this is going to happen. I'm going to call this in and I'm going to do this and answer this question. It never happens like that. It just doesn't happen. I think the the healing and the best medicine is going in. Surrender to the process. Uh, okay, I'm going to be here four days. Um, I'm going to eat once a day. I'm going to rest and try and find the deepest amount of rest and relaxation. And when I do, then I'm trusting that the right uh, messages and intuition will come through. Okay, just one quick ad here. I did not realize that there was only one meal a day. Like that's, I was in, now I'm out. Field, another off season, another long awaited decision here for Aaron Rodgers. And now you got four days of darkness all in the mix here too. Yeah, Laura, I was out when I heard it was four days of darkness. <laughs> and I remain out when I hear that you get to eat once a day. This sounds like the opposite of fun to me, but anybody who was looking for clarity from Aaron Rodgers, on the Pat McAfee show today did not get it. So just a reminder, we're going to have to buckle up here. Patience will be our friend as it pertains to Aaron Rodgers. He has not yet ruled out the possibility of being traded. Also worth noting, though, that he did mention to Pat that Green Bay is home 18 years with one franchise. A return is possible, but a trade certainly still in play as well. All right. Well, the timing here is going to be interesting because we're going to have to wait until he gets through the darkness to figure out exactly what decision he's going to make. Thanks to Field <laughs> for that. All right. Let's go to Eric Bieniemy. He's coming off another Super Bowl victory with the Chiefs. His future is still in question, but head coach Andy Reid had this to say about Bieniemy in his postgame press conference. Eric Bieniemy has been tremendous for us and I think is tremendous for the National Football League and I'm hoping he has an opportunity to go somewhere and, and you know, do his thing where he, he can run the show and be Eric Bieniemy. RC, you heard Andy Reid advocating for Eric Bieniemy there. The last head coaching spot, though, was filled. What, what do you think's next for the offensive coordinator? I mean, it seems that Eric Bieniemy is going to have to make a lateral move. Obviously, if you're his agent, you're hoping for that opportunity to be a head coach, but that's gone for the season coming up in 2023. So whether it's go to Washington, which is still open for an offensive coordinator, and have an opportunity to show how you can lead, how you can strategize, and also call plays on game day without Andy Reid, maybe that's what he needs to do to get some of the executives, to get some of ownership to think that it's his time and his turn to lead an entire organization. Yeah, to the points we brought up on this show, and RC has said so well, every year it feels like we're talking about why can Eric Bieniemy not get one of these head jobs after having so much success. Let's go to Carolina, where the Panthers have hired Jim Caldwell as a senior assistant on their coaching staff. Caldwell joining Frank Reich, where they'll be in Carolina, both looking to turn around an offense that struggled, Dan, uh, and the Panthers are looking for a lot of help there, but they, they did rank 20th in points per game, 29th in yards per game as you see there they also had the second lowest 
team total QBR in the league. You played under Caldwell. What do you make of this move and even the coaching staff as a whole? Dan? This has become one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. NFL. He's got three guys, Frank Reich, who had interviewed for head coaching jobs in the NFL this year. Frank himself, Ajiro Evero is their defensive coordinator, and now Jim Caldwell. James Campins, their offensive line coach, top five guy in the league. And then Josh McCown comes over as well. Deuce Staley, complete energy. Dom Capers, talk about a guy that's been around the NFL forever. Josh McCown brings the youth element that's going to be a big part of this offensive system. Think about this. If you're a player sitting there looking at free agency, that looks like a coaching staff in an organization that you want to go join because yeah. you think not only a great foundation of – understanding what this league's about, but a youth movement that's going to be awesome to be a part of. You threw out Derek Carr. We'll Absolutely. See. And yeah. drafted kid. I still think you do both. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's the Panthers. Let's get to more news around the league. To Baltimore, the Ravens have hired Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator. Munkin, of course, spent the last three seasons with the Georgia Bulldogs, winning a couple national Go dogs. He has the task of getting Baltimore back to being one of the league's best offenses. One area he'll surely look to improve is their red zone play. And this season, the Ravens scored a touchdown on just 46% of their red zone drives, which was the third worst rate in the league. Marcus, if you're Lamar Jackson, what do you make of this move for Baltimore? I'm excited, and the next question is who are we going to get on the outside so we can be better in the red zone? Everyone knows that you want to throw the ball to Mark Andrews when you get in that area. I think Munkin is a really good offensive mind, and, and people are talking about, well, that was college. College football has absolutely taken over the NFL as we see with these, with these dual-threat quarterbacks. But here, like, this is about personnel. There's no question about the quarterback and can he play at a championship level. You got one of the best tight ends in the country. Will you build this roster and evolve the passing game? Todd Munkin can. Will they make the decisions to put the right people in position so this can take hold in the AFC for Lamar Jackson? It feels like they absolutely have to do that. I will say this. Munkin did what he did last season at Georgia with a couple good tight ends, but not necessarily the receivers at yeah. the level that they had in the okay. past. He is able to do that. He's a great coach. All right, after the break, a lot more coming your way here. What will the Eagles game plan look like next year without both coordinators? We'll talk about that next and where these Eagles are going to turn for Jalen Hurts. We'll be right back with more NFL Live on the way. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Welcome back to NFL Live. You see those names right there. The offensive coordinator on the right, Shane Steichen. Defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, on the left for the Eagles. They have both now departed. Eagles losing both coordinators in one day, mm. just a couple days after losing the Super Bowl. And listen, when you think about success and you think about even being in the Super Bowl, it leads to all this. But when it comes to Jalen Hurts, he says he's not thinking about his contract. I think the, the, the thing that that I'm most focused on is winning. You know, the only thing I care about is winning and ultimately winning championships. So um, there will be a day where that conversation can be had, but today isn't that day. So as we expect, Jalen Hurts handles the contract talk in a classy way, but Field Yates, he becomes a free agent in 2024. The Eagles losing both coordinators. What's next just overall for Philadelphia? Yeah, Laura, let's look at this chronologically. And the first order of business for head coach Nick Sirianni is finding two new coordinators, as you just referenced. And on the offensive side of the ball, quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson has been linked to OC vacancies around the league, or at least was during this head coaching cycle. So certainly he would be on the presumptive shortlist of candidates. On the defensive side of the ball, we'll see how they handle the now departure of Jonathan Gannon. They also have a laundry list of free agents to be this offseason. Jason Kelsey will decide whether he's going to play football or not. Javon Hargrave, defensive line. He is certainly a big part of their success on the defensive side of the ball and several others all over the roster. But Jalen Hurts, uh, the Jalen Hurts extension at some point needs to get done this offseason. And whatever the biggest quarterback number you can think of in terms of millions, it's going to be in that territory, 46, 47. $50 million per year when finalized, and certainly he's very deserving of exactly that. Yeah, you said it well, and thanks to Field Yates for being with us here today on NFL Live. We appreciate you, Field. Marcus, what do you think, as you address just the coordinator side of this and losing Shane Steichen, what does it mean for Jalen Hurts? I, I got to address something first. Um, there is not a day in my life that I wouldn't think about it getting $50 million a year. Jalen is lying. I'm happy I can say that <laughs> for the first time about Jalen Hurts because he always says the right thing, and that's the right thing to say. But I know if I'm about to get $50 million a year, I'm thinking about that every damn day. Okay, on the flip side of that is we saw Josh Allen in the offense similarly take a step back, and we thought it would be seamless with Brian Daybowl leaving and Ken Dorsey Ooh. taking over because he had been around. Shane Steichen and Jalen obviously built a rapport, and the only question is that guy in your ear, that guy that you're working with day in and day out, making sure that you guys are seeing eye to eye to continue to accentuate what Jalen does well and negate the negatives, even though Jalen game has evolved to a point where he's elite in a lot of things, especially pushing the ball downfield. So just rapport. Make sure they're on the same page. Yeah, that's think, what you may miss. I think that's a great lateral with Josh Allen and Buffalo. This is a tough day for Philadelphia coming off of that loss. Losing those both coordinators, I'd say this. The two more as important things are, one, what does Jason Kelsey do? And then, two, mm. learn from that Super Bowl. Where are you weak? Linebackers. Not only do you have to fill both coordinators, you're going to yep. have to figure out what Kelsey does, and you got to get better at the linebacker position. Well, you know, they've drafted what's presumptively going to be uh, Jason Kelsey's right. replacement if he decides to move on. But you can't get that same type of production, that same type of movement and creativity from another player. I felt like Jason Kelsey was kind of one of a kind. And also on the back end, you got to think about C.J. Garner-Johnson who oh, comes yes. over. I think he's up for an extension or has an opportunity to do that. He was the one player that flashed defensively for me. And let's really think about this defense. Though they had a great year, there was no one on 
on that defense other than Gardner Johnson that we saw step up and make plays. They need to get better at the linebacker position. I think adding another dynamic edge rusher would help as well. And offensively, you have to replace what Shane Steichen was able to do each and every yeah. game day with his in-game adjustments and ability to call and feel the moment. Yeah, it's worth remembering the Eagles do have a wealth of draft picks. That was yes. a big piece of how they planned yes, well yes. for this. So yes, they need to go get linebackers, look for them there potentially. Okay, time for one minute. One more thing, guys. Uh, check out this tweet from Saints defensive end Cam Jordan. He said he was saying adios to social media, but he, he, now he wants to send something out to Derek Carr. He said, I know it may be too soon, but it's also Valentine's Day. You trying to swap out black and silver and fall in love oh, man. with black and gold. Dan, <laughs> we saw Cam Jordan at the Pro Bowl. Cam, you taking a pay talking cut? to Derek Carr. Is he taking a pay cut? Y'all ain't got no money, Cam. Y'all have hey, man, no Mina done told, dollars. M Mina done told you New Orleans and Tampa running a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. They well, gonna figure the money Cam, out, I man. Love it. <laughs> you can't afford it. Hey, either way, I will say this. <laughs> they wouldn't have had Derek Carr even come visit even prior to being released if they didn't have some way to do it. it. You're trying Front to get that Marcus money, Peters money. Cut some players. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, I'm trying to get it. Yeah, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, then you say whatever. We'll figure it out later. Hey, thanks for being with us on NFL this Live today. Happy night, Valentine's Day to everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the show. <laughs>